Roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your RPG. Tabletop, luck, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game, because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have have fun. fun. I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon, and joining me on this lovely June afternoon is the legend, Carrie. Hello. And Jason, the favorite. Also the only one who got to pet a goat. Well, recently. We wanted to go, but uh, it didn't work out. I wish y'all could have went. I think you would have enjoyed it. My bad. Especially the 14-hour drive. That was the best part. Lots of kidding around. Oh, gosh. Well, before we get into gaming, let's take a second to talk about our Patreon backers. Um, First up, we have... Tell us about Joel Eastland. His last name is Eastland. Okay, he next, Ryan Martin. <laughs> First name Joel, last name Eastland. First name Joel. Ryan last Martin, name quick, Eastland. tell us about him. What are you looking at me? What the heck is this? Okay, Drew Stevens. Really, this is what Tell we're us about to? him. Yep. It's Drew. He Drew's my friend. I like okay. Drew. Joe Hines. I like Joe, too. What, what's most important? Lost Colonies. No, nah, he don't sound good. Yeah. Lost Colonies. <laughs> what about Noah? Noah has pretty much only tabletop roleplay. He wouldn't mind observing a LARP sometime, but he really likes smaller groups of people because he feels crowded easily, you know? So he's never and he's never really played a mush. Uh, he didn't even know it existed, really, until he started listening to our podcast. Aww. You know, he figured something like it must have existed, uh, and it, he thinks maybe it sounds like something he'd like to try at some point. <laughs> you know, it sounds that time-wise, it's something he could certainly adjust to more easily. Since he doesn't convert back and forth when he shifts, you know, his shifts from days to nights. I thought he was on permanent nights. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you about him. You just asked. Hey, Noah, there's a guy on Facebook. His name is Ryan Omega, and he runs a live-action role-playing game on Twitch. So oh. if you ever want to watch and you don't have one nearby, I haven't watched it yet. I'm fixing to. But it's supposed to be really good. Well, there you but go. But it looks cool, what little bit I've uh, read about it. So there. Yeah, but I look cool. Mm, sound cooler than I would have accepted. We have one more patron. Well, if you'd like a shout-out, we'd love to give you one. How do you do that? The way you do that is you become... Did you get that? You good? She's been weird ever since she drank that weird banana drink. It was so gross. Well, you can get a shout-out by becoming a a patron at patreon.com slash podcast, and Mm -hmm. uh, you'll also get some free stuff, and you can help us keep the show on the air. Mm -hmm. And if you can't become a patron, then just go to iTunes and and give us a rating. We'd love that as well. A five-star rating. Oh, yes. (laughs) A five-star rating. And reference in your review of us that Ryan does look very handsome. That's true. He does. Make a note that you're not his mom. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, to be fair, she wouldn't... She, she would never say that? She wouldn't support No, her. she would probably... <laughs> she would give us five stars, and her review would read like this. I don't know what this is. Am I doing it right? Did I leave... Is this... Did I type this in the right place? Google, am I reviewing this properly? <laughs> Google! Can Google. someone tell me... Can Siri? someone tell me what a podcast is? 
<laughs> well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were gathered around this table. Except for the table isn't round. That's true. So, Carrie, how's Twitch? It's good, uh, except for the banana drink. Except for the well, but you did it on the air, so it makes good. Uh, yeah, I, I had one of my viewers, uh, T two. T two. She decided the, to send maybe the best of the teas. Maybe the best of the teas. Um, she decided to send Dakota and I some Korean snacks. Oh right, to try. I tried one of them. It tastes like a, a moon pie. That was chewy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we tried all these fun different desserts and, and snack foods and stuff, but one of the things she sent was banana milk. Okay. That gross. sounds gross. It What's your pretty, review? It was gross. I didn't like it. I mean, I don't What like, if we mix it with rum? I'd have to does it, a lot of rum. Does it taste mm. like milk? No. Does it taste like bananas? Not really. What's it taste like? It tastes like medicine. To me... It ta- it's hold a- on. It tasted like... The flavor that way back in the day they used to use to um, to flavor toothpaste when you go to the dentist. Do you remember when they give you a choice of or not not toothpaste uh, the fluoride? Yeah, yeah. And they'd let you choose whatever flavor. I don't remember that flavor. The, the thing I remember most mm-hmm. about fluoride was that it was crunchy. It had a weird crunchiness to it. Right, but think, there was also what? a flavor. You they would add. Sometimes they, they could add it well enough. Sometimes they would add flavor to it, and one yeah. of them was banana. I always it, got grape. Oh, oh, oh. You don't like grape flavor? No, I don't like grape flavor. I like grape Kool-Aid, but I don't like grape flavor. I know. That's weird. I don't, I don't like grape Kool-Aid, but I used to love Grape Crush. I was obsessed with oh, it. Oh. I couldn't stand Cokes, but I loved Grape Crush. <laughs> when, I was, when I was a kid, my grandma always kept... Aldi brand grape soda in oh. her refrigerator, and I would drink it because yeah. it was it was like the grandma so it was grandma pop. Grandma pop. Yeah. My grandmother kept YooHoo in her refrigerator, and oh. I do not care for YooHoo. But yeah. when you were at grandma's house, I would drink some. See, I yeah. I look back and I remember grape pop from grandma's house being like the greatest, most special thing ever. Have you tried it recently? And I have had grape pop recently, and it's disgusting. Aldi? <laughs> Aldi brand? I don't know that I've had Aldi brand. Maybe yeah, I should. Maybe it's Aldi brand. Yeah, I don't know. Like Sam's Cola, if you drink it for a couple of weeks, it's not bad. I think Sam's Cola always tastes a little flat. It tastes a little too sweet, but then I get used to it and I'm okay. And then I drink a regular Coke and it tastes weird. <laughs> and then I have a second one. I'm like, nope, nope. This is better. <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. I used to love Green Green, Green River. I still. Love I know. I've never had Green River. It's amazing. I had L8 a couple of months ago. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, it. I assumed that it would taste. I didn't read the bottle, <laughs> and I didn't realize that it was a ginger ale. Oh. Oh God. I, I for whatever like, reason I assumed that it was going to be like Seven Up or something. Yes. Yeah. And then I drink it, and I, and I like ginger ale. But I was like, "What the hell's up with this ginger ale? <laughs> this is Whoa. the weirdest. This does not taste Seven Upy at all." Well, Green River is like uh, lemon lime Kool Aid carbonated, so it's sweeter. It's delicious. I'll try it sometime. Yeah. So, what have you been up to, Jason? Well, let's see. Last week I went to Goat Larp, and we didn't talk about it then. And we're going to talk about some more later. So it's really been the biggest thing. I've been watching My Hero Academia a lot. It's good. It's weird when you watch shows from another country that have things that they would never put in American shows. 
the show has got really great themes of like overcoming difficulties and dealing with magically switching sexes. No, not because that you one. got doused in cold water. Hey, look, we're not going to talk crap about Rama One Half. It was my first anime, and I love it still, so even good. though it does have some issues. It's so good. Though. So it has some of the same issues though of a character that's clearly a terrible pervert should maybe be in jail and will eventually be arrested. <laughs> And uh, also a lot of characters that are not wearing quite enough clothes right. that are no, women. Yeah. Sometimes it's weird when I watch it, and I've never encouraged Scott to watch it, even though lots of the themes are amazing, and the characters are great, except the fact that some of them aren't wearing enough and clearly aren't drawn like women are. Sure, right. yeah. I just, I just saw uh, something on Facebook that was an anime about a cooking college sure and it was like all these girls like in like aprons and nothing else right cooking, and then like the guys were like with that sounds and, awful what's the i don't know what's what it, it called was, again i don't know okay i just but for the awfulness i yeah. need to know so i don't accidentally watch oh, you it. are too so gonna watch it you creep. <laughs> no it's not my thing mm-hmm. you're like what's it called <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> I get weirdly embarrassed by shows like that because I'm like, if you want to watch porn, just fucking watch porn. It's out there, people. <laughs> it's true. Okay. I don't need it in my regular shows. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. So let's. We uh, should do that podcast. Whoa. Uh, uh, anyway, so what have you been doing, Ryan? <laughs> Dakota and I have been watching uh, uh, Nailed It on yeah. Netflix. The, oh, the baking yeah. I show. thought you were going to talk about how you were watching the Ninja Turtles. Oh, we're also watching Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation because Venus de Milo is fabulous. <laughs> you are a <laughs> terrible human being. I think he's a terrible liar. That as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That as well. All right, well, let's let's go I'm to saying, comment rounds. I saw that picture of him. The look of terror on his we face. We saw nothing. Uh, uh-huh. Let's go to comment rounds. we got a lot to talk about uh-huh. today. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Today, we are talking about Goat Lark. It's transformative. Yeah? Yeah. Well, there was a woman from the future there who told me all about how the, it changes the, the world, Bill and Ted style. All right, so, Jason, we a few, a few months ago, we had Dan Comstock on... And he talked to us about Goat LARP. He talked about several things, but Goat LARP was definitely a big deal. Yeah, big he highlight. also talked a little bit about his work on Damaron. Damaron. But this was Goat LARP. So right. Goat LARP was in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what Goat LARP was. So, uh, you know, essentially everybody there is playing an NPC to entertain the goats. But what it really turns out in play is that by being an NPC, the first thing that happens is you disconnect yourself from the need for your character to be something. Like, like you know, you're not playing a heroic character anymore. You're playing an NPC. Right. Therefore, if I'm an NPC, it doesn't matter if I succeed or fail or anything like that anymore. As long as I succeed in my goal of entertaining the goats. <laughs> All right. So that sounds really simple, right? But it, it it made for moments where people could do some really crazy things because they didn't have to worry about what it made their character into. So the, the way that it was actually played is that we had this big bulletin board set up outside this big gated area, fenced in for the goats. 
Goats are very friendly, by the way. So it's a big goat farm. Big goat farm. That's specifically does like goat yoga and petting zoo stuff all right. the time. All right. So they're very social goats. They've been around people a lot. Okay. About half of them are very social and engaged, and about half of them are goats. Are they're they're not <laughs> aggressive at all. But they're just, meh, if you want to give me some food, maybe I'll take it. You mean they're like, meh. Yeah, you like that. Uh, a bunch of cards out that all had quests on them. And this was a quest, essentially, for you to run for the goats. So did you have, did yes, tell yes. us about one that you had. Mine had, mine, because uh, he knew that I had story told vampire and I had a vampire costume that I only basically partially wore, was to find two goats and uh, give them blood points, and that was represented by uh, goat food. Okay. Which we used uh, a loaf of bread, and I turned those goats into vampires. And then I took those two goats through several adventures <laughs> in which they did crazy acrobatic feats and uh, used wonderful powers and things like that. And, of course, it was all represented by paper, rock, scissors because they were vampires, and that's how they interact. Right. And essentially, just like a real vampire game, the two goats stood there doing nothing (laughs) while pretending to have an amazing time. All right. And we threw paper, rock, scissors for them to represent who was winning and losing at any given moment. So that was our little adventure. And as people completed adventures, it moved the goat happiness meter up. And the whole adventure was over for everybody when we finally got the goat happiness meter all the way maxed. Oh. Uh, there was another... Some of this stuff became weirdly emergent, where people would take these things and rope, like, half the game into it. Right. Of, like, we watched a trial where this guy who was dressed as Jon Snow oversaw some sort of execution, and a goat was bribed not to kill someone. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of people who wound up interacting... With each was, other? With each other. Because okay. that's really what it's about. Is yeah. I'm here to entertain the goats, but I'm here to have fun with other people yeah too, playing you know? with goats so this is the disconnect and and we've talked about this before the big disconnect that's hard to sort of process about this is like going from let's all go to a goat farm dressed up right <laughs> to having having a good time like how does how do you get from just petting zoo to Actual role play? Yeah. All right, so... Like, how do you go from, this is a joke, right? To, no, really, we're doing this. I think the... The two Dans are clever designers. Sure. So, by making the... So, Goatlarp was created by two gentlemen, and they're both named Dan. Right. And the clever thing that they did was they said, okay, we made this joke about running a Goatlarp. We want to do it. So, what is the... What is the core experience here, and how do we make things so that people have a good time doing that experience? The way they expressed that was through the little quest cards. Right. And and the goat happiness meter. And the goat happiness meter. And that's really just... The goat happiness meter, honestly, was just like an arbitrary meter that they were just... As people did things, they were just sort of deciding, that raises this this much, right? Right. Okay. And as the day wore on, it seemed to go up as we were nearing the time when people should start moving on to other stuff. Okay. <laughs> like dinner and the big bonfire at the end of the day. Right. Um, and was that included as part of the absolutely. package? Yes. Okay. The adventures, a lot of them essentially required you to interact with someone who was not in your group. Right. Now, it didn't explicitly say that, 
but it would say things like, uh, whoever makes the loudest goat call. So if so- one person starts yelling, goat calls out, you know, more than one person will respond. Right. Uh, there was a card that said, you're a pirate. Uh, you want to get rid of this card. Ask anyone if they are a pirate. If they respond with any words other than the than saying R, then they now have this card, which meant the card traveled all over the place. There was some card that I didn't get to see that made people not able to talk anymore. <laughs> and somehow you could get rid of that, but I'm not... 100% sure how it works. <laughs> so, because the person didn't have time to communicate with me oh, what was happening. That's funny. And about uh, about half the people stayed in some kind of character the whole game. Huh. And that makes it fun, too, because I'm, I'm here playing a character. I'm hamming it up because, again, I have nothing really tying me to a specific character that I feel the need to do something specific with. Right. I'm only here to have... Something fun? Fun, right. I'm fun? here to do whatever is fun. And what is fun is playing a character and hamming it up. Sure. So people naturally gravitated towards that. Well, what was the, the craziest thing you saw at GoLARP? Oh, well, you know, probably the craziest thing I saw was... It's really a tie. There was this whole deal where uh, this goat had to be lured to stand on somebody. And <laughs> that became a whole thing. And it was hilarious. And the guy that was being stood on was an extremely good sport. And there was a, a, a woman holding up a bunch of grapes so that the, the goat would walk up onto him. Right. And uh, <laughs> then sometimes the goat would shift his weight. And you could tell the guy underneath there was like, maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> but was having a great time. That's fantastic. Uh, the second one was there was this woman there. And I have an interview with her. Hopefully that one... My recording skills are not great. So and it was, it was a very windy day. It was very so. windy. So we'll see what I'll recover. Uh, and she was a time traveler from the future who was going around interviewing everybody because we were at the very first Goat LARP and it changed the world. And she wanted to know who we all were. So it's kind of like a Wild Stallions. Yes, thing. absolutely. That's, That's fantastic. absolutely like that. And uh, she was just, she hammed it up really great and was very entertaining for everybody around her. That's great. Yeah, it was good. How yeah. many people went? Uh, I want to say there was at least 115 people there. Something wow. like that. They sold out. Yeah. So it was full plus whatever. There was a couple of people that were staff. Uh, Dan, one of the Dan's families I, was there because the, his brother, Comstock Dan's Comstock's brothers, when I cooked all the food, which turned out wonderful if you happen to listen. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved it. You know, I don't want to say that goat LARP changed LARPing. I mean, that's the hype. Everybody's laughing and, and, and like it's kind of a goof. Like, there is something to take away from the fact that if you go to an experience to have fun first and then everything else is secondary, then that's very positive. Then suddenly you win? Right. You're winning. Yeah. You're having a good time. That'd make a great podcast slogan. Right. Weird. Yeah. And also, something else I take, took away from it is... If you take yourself and your character a little less seriously, but take the game more seriously, you'll have a good time. Because mm-hmm. the people that were out there hamming it up and being willing to, to do goofy stuff, but were doing it all within the, the fiction, you might say. Yeah, the of parameters Go- of the of game. LARP, they were having a great time. <laughs> and, you know, some of the people that were just there to pet the goats and enjoy that, they had a good time. But I would argue they didn't have a great time, you know? And there's also something to be said for making spaces in which different 
levels of play are accepted. I mean, there's some real lessons to take away from it, and I'll probably think about that stuff way more after I'm off the air <laughs> and not a Right. So uh, you you did some interviews while you were there. It was yes. really windy, so right. so there may be some sound difficulties. And I'm not as experienced with adjusting things on the mic as you are, so some things might be a little weird. In particular, I interdu- uh, interviewed the two Dans. They should they're the last interview, and they had some really good insights on game design, uh, why guilt art was fun, and what they might want to do in the future, and also about the game they used to play where they you know. I'll just let you listen to that one. It's pretty good. It's good, though. It's good. I hope it's saved. All right. Uh, well, then, uh, here we go. Let's listen to some of this uh, recorded live at Goat Larp. Ear footage. Ear footage? <laughs> yeah, ear footage. You know, it's footage for your ears. That's got to be it, right? It's audio. That doesn't sound right. Audio is just a thing. <laughs> Jason the Favorite on Honor Roll Podcast. Ryan's going to edit this to make all this sound like I'm way more clever. It, hey, just so everybody knows, there's a lot of wind noise. So, Scott, you're my son, and you came to Goat Larp with me. So, what do you want to do here at Goat Larp? Play with goats. Play with goats? Yeah. So, you've seen the, the baby goats already. What do you think about them? They look cool. They look cool? Yeah. Did you pet one? No. I thought you did. Mom petted one. Mom petted one? Okay. So I'm going to talk to you more later and see what you thought, okay? Okay. My name is Willie G. I am the 5 a.m. DJ on WKID-FM 101.5. <laughs> and why are you at Goat Larp today? I was wandering down. It looked like a lot of people were gathering. It seemed like the perfect time to be on the street team. Awesome. So what are you going to do with the goats today? Well, What adventures? Well, first of all, I'm going to see what sort of things are interested in. Start with a bunch of interviews, you know, see what gets them excited, what gets them uh, riled up, and uh, see if they like the right type of music. Out of game. Tell me about yourself real quick. All right. Uh, I'm a software engineer, and I like playing games, doing stories and whatnot, and seems like the right thing, like, really the best place to do that sort of stuff. Okay. So what gets you into LARP, specifically? A couple of friends who are like, oh, man, we just did this thing. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And then after about two months, three months of that, I'm like, fine, I'll go. Ugh. And, and that was it? That was it, yeah. Uh, that's very similar to my story, too. <laughs> we will be assimilated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what got you to come today? Somebody, a couple of people that I only ever see at games said, oh, yeah, we're doing this thing called Goat Larp. I'm like, what the frell is Goat Larp? Mm-hmm. And it sounded interesting, and goats are cool, so it was only 45 minutes from my house, so, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Is there anything, uh, any cool stories or anything you want to tell me before you go? Oh, gosh, cool stories. I don't think I've got anything in particular. I didn't prepare. Oh, no. <laughs> Here you are playing a DJ, and you don't have a story prepared. I don't have a story. i got trivia questions. Okay, let's carry you one trivia question. All right. What animals are goats kept with as companions? Oh, I don't know. What? Racehorses. That's why they got the phrase, get your goat, because if someone stole the goat from your racehorse, your horse wouldn't race as well the next day. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. So what's your name, sir? Uh, don't use names anymore. I have a service number. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but you're not getting that from me easily. <laughs> so how are you going to be interacting with the goats today? What the hell's a goat? <laughs> what are you doing here if you don't know about the goats? I don't know, man. All I know is I was getting ready for the war against the machines and the mutants, and then all of a sudden I'm here. So tell me your story, quick. Uh, yeah, right. So last I knew it was uh, it was uh, 2531, and it was the eve of... Uh, we were on the eve of the big offensive, man. It was uh, it was the uh, 
Global Occupation and Termination Protocol 001. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. G-O-A-T. <laughs> and now I'm here, man. In the middle of it. Yeah. So what are you going to do today? Just try to survive? That's all I ever do, man. That's all I ever do. So tell me something about yourself out of game. Uh, out of game. <laughs> out of game. I work as a firefighter. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, I know several firefighter LARPers. You think yeah. that's a, a thing? <laughs> I think, I think uh, honestly, I think people in that line of work just need some serious escapism from time oh, to time. I believe that's what it. I think I it is. It. So, I definitely, well, all, my, uh, all my hobbies, all my related hobbies have pretty much been as far removed from my job as possible. So, right? Yeah. What got you into goat LARP? What made you... Uh, to come. Because this seems like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of, and I had to be part of it. Absolutely. That's why I'm here. That's exactly why I'm here. So how long have you been a LARPer? Uh, honestly, only about two years. Do you like it? So, I do. Yeah. I do. I should have started it years ago. Do you do yeah. boffer? Power? I do. No, I do I do boffer. Um, Where do you play? I, uh, I play in, Canal- in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, an, amazing, uh, an amazing LARP called Magical. Oh, I've heard of Magical. They are, it's a fantastic crew. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, 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 cast and uh, uh, the, the people there are just so friendly, and uh, the plot is so involved, and the people are so good at what they do. I just uh, I'm going in almost two years now with them, and uh, this is my first real LARP experience, and it's it's been so cool. What's your cool story? Give me your this one time at game. Nobody will ever believe me, but this really <laughs> happened. No, the the, the 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 one kind was kind of a meta moment actually, where it was just we were fighting sure. some, uh, we were just fighting some NPCs out in the uh, out in the woods, and uh, I I I, uh, I play a ranger character, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just firing, you know, I'm just there throwing my packet arrows at this char- at this one character, and this uh, one girl, I think she was new at it. Uh, uh, I hit her. I hit her with a. I hit her with a packet, and she made this uh, adorable eeping noise when I hit her. And right. she was just sort of grunting and reacting. So she would eep, and, uh, <laughs> and everybody stopped and looked at her. And I said in character, I pointed at her. And I said, "Hit that one." I like the noise she makes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. It was fun, and 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 everybody laughed, and everybody just just went with it. And Sounds it was, good. It was fun. Well, it sounds like Dan's getting started. You better get over there. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. So, Scott. Yes? You went out and did an adventure where you had to make two vampire goats and then uh, run them through challenges and and maybe fights with each other, and you resolved all those with paper, rock, scissors. So tell me about it. Okay. The goats had, we had to feed two goats, get them to each other, and that was, that was the hard part, getting two goats near each other without either of them running off. So tell me, how did it work out? So in the end, we got like three or, uh, three or four, five, five, five goat battles. That you converted to vampirism. Five you made goat- them into vampires by giving them blood points. By giving them blood food. Which I- was actually, what, stale uh, French either, bread? Either bread, bread, or, um, bread or like little goat treats. Did you have a good time doing that? Yeah. Tell me about the goats. So there was two goats right next to each other. We were about to do rock, paper, scissors, me and my mom. And then it suddenly my dad comes out of nowhere and spooks both the goats off. Oh, I did. <laughs> oh, well, it happens. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You're welcome.
So you are Tilly Incognita, Lady I'm, Adventurous. I am. I am Tilly, the Incognita Lady Adventurous. Oh, okay. So tell me about yourself and what you found yourself in today. So I uh, am from uh, Miskatonic, Massachusetts. Right. And I'm sort of uh, researching across the plains, just experiencing life. Right. Um, but of course, my family doesn't know about this. I come from a very wealthy family background, so I have to sneak out of the house wearing my mask. And, and of course, I haven't really experienced anything like that with all of these wizards and elves and not really what I'm used to. I'm, have you learned anything important today? Um, goats are often not friendly. As in they attacked you? No, no, they're just, they just love to run around in herds. They're kind of skittish? Yes, tend to be skittish. Some of them are very friendly, though. Right. Actually, at one point, one of them did manage to control my body telepathically for some period of time and force me to follow it around. Wow, that's amazing. Did you give it treats? Um... I believe I did at the very beginning of <laughs> the that very beginning? experience. Yes. Sometimes it's a trick. It's like uh, the fae. Exactly. If you, if you take a gift or receive a gift, you're yes, trapped. Yes, exactly. You're trapped in yeah. that, and then and then someone else was trapped after myself. So tell me about yourself out again. Yes. Um, my name's Kay. I'm from Williamsburg. Right. Um, so, been gaming all my life, which is a long, I, I'm long, starting to feel that myself. Long time. Longer than <laughs> probably you've been alive. Well, uh, I'm 42. So. Um, almost longer than you've been alive. Okay, that's okay, fair. So I've been gaming for a little over 20 years now. Let's see. Uh, I've been gaming for 41 years. So what was your first game? Uh, would have been the original D and D. I think it was maybe before the Red Box. Okay. Third grade, so I would have been seven. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Did- Played some in junior high and in high school. Right. I didn't get to play a lot because the boys wouldn't invite me. I mostly stood around in the library at school, going, "Oh, you guys are playing D and D," and they were like, "Yeah." Uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, that looks like fun," and they're like, "Uh huh." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what finally got you involved in college? I, well, I had already been... Actually, I was at my best friend's apartment and standing around in her room, and I, her, which was a mess, and Dragon Magazine was laying on her bed. And I said, oh, you read Dragon? I used to subscribe to that. And she's like, yeah. I said, I didn't know you gamed. And she said, oh, I'm in a, in a campaign that meets every week. Do you want to play? And I said, yes. And so I joined that campaign. You're in a, a college campaign. Do you remember what edition it was? Uh, three. It was either 3.0 or 3.5. I kind of jumped back on by the end. Yeah, and then we played 3.5 for years, and then when 4 came out, we switched to uh, um, Pathfinder. Pathfinder and still play Pathfinder. Still Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, a few other things here and there. Do you do Buffer LARP now, or what do you do? I haven't. I haven't LARPed in 25 years. Right. So, <laughs> this is your, your jumping back on, boys. Yes, I, I LARPed uh, in, at my, at, on my honeymoon, and I am now getting divorced. So this is the family I have bookended my marriage <laughs> with, 
with LARPs. So. Well, that's how it works sometimes. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I honeymooned at Gen Con, and now that sounds awesome, though. Honeymoon at Gen Con. <laughs> I should have done that. That's, yeah, kind of. People are like, "Where'd you go to your honeymoon?" Oh, it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee back in the day. Uh, yeah. Like, Why would you go to Milwaukee? I'm like. I've only been to Gen Con once, and when I went, it was still at Mecca. Yeah. Glad that, that yeah. I got to go there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. What's so. your this time of game cool story? Oh. In character or out of character? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Come it's on. Been... If you've been playing that long, there's got to be some awesome moment. Probably when we did we did the entire, um, I can't think what it's called now, the Call of Cthulhu campaign when you go to Antarctica. We right. played that for two years. Uh-huh. And my character went insane and spent like six months of the campaign sneakily picking off the PCs one by one, and they didn't know it. <laughs> so, and at the very end of the campaign, the only way for us, any of us, to survive was for one of them to, for not myself because I was already insane, was right. for one of them to sacrifice herself and have her head inserted into the wall of heads, and wow. she did. And so we founded the Phineas Banning Society to prevent the exploration of Antarctica. <laughs> and That's so, a cool story. And in the name of that, have yeah. have kickstarted many a game in the name of the Phineas Banning Society prevent the exploration, exploration. of Antarctica. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much Thank for coming by. Thank you very by. much. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. What's your name? I'm Jason Hughes. You're you're from the distant future, is that correct? I well, see you got a press pass and everything. Yeah, I can't be specific, of course, because of the Delphin Protocol. I the can't Delphin tell you. Protocol, yeah, right? I can't tell you exactly where I'm from, but I am Jace Conzor. I'm covering the very first Goat LARP for Temporal News Network. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it really. So this was. blows up. It becomes really big. Uh, yeah, of course. Go. Well, sorry, I know you're not from no, my I, future, yeah. but Goat LARP. I'm barely from the present. I am able to tell you that Go LARPing becomes one of the most premier entertainment events throughout the galaxy. Okay. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I was really lucky to get the job because uh, I, um, I almost had to go cover the trash wars on A23. But, uh, you know, it was uh, a droid got sick at the last minute. And so one for the humans. I That's got to right. cover it. Yeah. Of course they gave me this temporal glove and uh, I think I aged about 25 years coming here but wow. You know, uh, hopefully I'll get promoted before I'm aged out as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a problem you can deal with when you get to the future? You can be de-aged again or do you think when you move back it'll take care of it? Well, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, social sort of social capitalism i'm not sure if you know what it is suffice it to say it's an expensive proposition right right but uh, maybe you know but surely range. being at the first goat larp right well i have met some cross-promotional opportunities already there does seem to be a wizard from costco who's willing to uh, right. cut me a deal on perhaps another temporal travel Wait, device a wizard from costco that's what she says she's a wizard from uh, some or it might have been i don't know kmart i'm not sure but Could she be said kmart, yeah because yeah, they're the ones that first invented the space temporal chair i think it's yeah. hard for me to remember the history is you know it's oh ancient i can history. barely remember history too and i didn't do that well in my temporal history class so okay you know i i decided to become a reporter to learn more it's, <laughs> it's been uh difficult working with these primitive equipment well i've noticed you had a little trouble with your camera yeah i think you're supposed to in these old-fashioned cameras you're supposed to take the uh this thing, this lens cover stays on while you're recording, and then you take it off. When no, you're no, 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 no. It's it's off while recording. Oh shoot! Right. Well, you've you've also got well, your visor, on. right? Well, this is my upload link. 
right, right. here. So I got to see. So there that's you your uploading right there? Yeah, the link is really strong here. I'm lucky. This is a great field for... Uh, I was a little bit worried about that, you know, because uh, TNN prefers that we stream rather than download yep. later. So, Okay. Live streams, you know, still a thing. So what have you done with the goats as part of your research? Well, I've been trying to take a backseat to actually interacting with the goats. Right. You know, I, I don't want to... The butterfly effect, you know, influence what's going to happen here. But suffice it to say, many of the people here are famous. In the distant future? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. For being at GL1. Okay, cool. So uh, it's going to be a thrill for the fans. All right. So let's talk for a minute out of game. Okay. (laughs) So you've got a really fun character, and I love it, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wanted something where I could incorporate the camera. Sure. (laughs) Number one. What I'm doing... Here is, I thought this would be a great way to interact with all of the LARPers. Right. So this is a good way to go about meeting each and every one of them with a totally awesome cover. So one second without having to break cover. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, it's really nice to be able to go to every single person and have a reason to do so. That's right. Without just saying, hey, you know, what's going on? So it's been, that's been really good. And uh, I'm here with my kids, my daughter who's 12 and my son who's nine. My 13-year-old's with me as well. (laughs) My daughter is a steampunker. She's around here somewhere, the one with blue hair. I saw her. And my son is is a a pirate. Right. He's uh, the the shorter one, right? (laughs) Um, I'm really lucky because I only live one town over. I couldn't believe that the goat LARP was one town away from That's me. That's amazing. I'm a, you know, I'm a two-decade LARPer. My first LARP was 1992. Wow. Mine yeah. was around, let's see, 97? I actually met my wife at it. Yeah. So I met my husband close to a LARP. Uh, we did do our first LARP together. Right. You're, yeah, I met uh, my husband at uh, my brother's comic book and gaming shop. So. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's cool. And then we started LARPing. So but, were you the first role player in the relationship? No, we came to the relationship both being role players. Okay. So, so what was your first game? My very first game yeah. was a game of Desperado, which was an old, old tabletop pre-Deadlands Western role-playing game. I don't game. think I've ever heard of Desperado. Came in like a saddle-stitched book. Oh, that's like amazing! Yeah, it was great. Do you I still have a it. copy? Oh, gosh, no, I don't think I do. I'm sure you can get a PDF online. Yeah, but it's Desperado. not the same. <laughs> it was, you know, a manila cover, like right. black and white. Was it fun? So much fun. Oh. Do you miss that? So much fun. I mean, yes, my, my son plays 5E, right. but we still play all kinds of systems. I mean, a lot of my friends have their own systems that yeah. they just make up. A bunch yeah. of homebrew stuff? Yeah. Um, Mostly tabletop, LARP? Uh, well, we... You know, LARPing's a little bit hard when your kids aren't quite old enough to LARP, except for Goat LARP. Right. Yay, Goat LARP for being all ages. <laughs> Shout right. out to Goat LARP for that reason. It um, is hard to find a LARP that lets you bring anybody under 14. Yeah, yeah. And, which and is too then, bad. And even then, that's rare. Yeah. I get it, and honestly, didn't mind when I didn't have kids. That's right. <laughs> so I hear you. But it would be nice to have both, actually. It would be nice to have adult LARPs and then LARPs for family-friendly LARPs. But, um, it's slowly coming around, but it's I think it is. slow. Yeah, friends so you have a podcast, right? Yeah, we have a podcast, Which Game First, which is a board game podcast. And you play we, a lot of vintage games? We play all kinds of games. So we play, we usually cover three games a week, and we cover one fun, fast game, one in-depth game that's usually newer, mm-hmm. usually from the cult of the new, and then something wacky. So a vintage game or something I picked up at the thrift store or whatever. So we play all kinds of games. And it's been a lot of fun doing this. We're 
We're doing some, well, I can't really talk about it, but we do a lot of stuff at cons. Sure. We'll be at Dragon Con this year. So I can't wait. It's been a lot of fun doing the podcast. How so, do you like doing yours? Oh, I love it. So. You know, we spend uh, like two hours recording and six hours talking about what we're going to record and <laughs> pop culture nonsense, you know, yep. leading up to it. And then finally one of us is like, okay, wait, we've got to start. Right. <laughs> we're at episode 60 right now, and it's been a great first year. Great first year. So we're year. just celebrating our uh, first year anniversary. We're going to have a contest on Board Game Geek okay. uh, next month. So look for us in early July. We've got a lot of uh, people who also play board games, of course. You know, yeah. role players play everything. Gamers right. are gamers. Gamers are gamers. Yeah. Yep, that is it, brother. Mm -hmm. I think like in every aspect of our culture and our society lately, um, which is nice, tolerance for different types of role-play games has gone way up. Right. And And the homebrew stuff is very popular, too, so. Well, I've got some friends who make a lot of, like, freeform LARPs, and one of the things that they talk about is that if you want to make really good games, you need to play games that are outside of your normal thing that you like. And you're bound to be surprised at what you're going to learn with every single game. I mean, one of the uh, podcasts one of our uh, panelists is Ed Povolitis. He is such an intense gamer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm lucky if I can squeeze in all the games we're covering. Right. He's out there gaming six nights a week. Oh, I wish. Yeah, I right? Time, jealous. But... Totally jealous. Kids. kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ed Povolitis is hashtag bachelor life. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know how that is. But he's an intense gamer. And there are levels of games that I would not if thought about playing, right? except he brought me into them. Games that take five hours, board games Mm -hmm. that take five hours to play, eight hours to play, lifestyle games that you pretty much have to give up every other board game because that's how long this game takes. So yeah, you learn something with every game, and boy, did I learn a lot playing those more in-depth board games. So give me your your favorite role-playing story, like your one time a game, this cool thing. Okay. Okay, I'm not naming names. Okay, don't, you don't have to name names. I ran, when we were running the LARP, we had a storyline that was about a starving civilization. And they had an organized um, hierarchy, right? And some of the players were beginning to become, you know, the sheriff of the town and, pe- and members of authority and things right. like that. So one time we had set up this module where we were running an abattoir where they were actually flaying people to eat them alive. So we actually talked one of the players into hanging up by his feet on a chain to be the guy who was getting flayed alive. And he was great. He was very game, very sport. But when we brought in the two authority figures who did not know what they were going to see and they walk into this bloody abattoir, they were so freaked out by everything we had set up and the guy going, please kill me, please. (laughs) That he said, he came back to the next LARP and told me my wife had to wake me up because I was screaming in the middle of the night because I had a nightmare about it. That's great. that That was a moment of pride for me. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, I appreciate you coming by and talking to us. It was a pleasure. Nice to meet you. I'm so glad you made the drive. Tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, uh, I'm Bob Spierkoff, and today at uh, the Goat LARP, I'm playing the ever-creative vampire Bob. Right? So what was your mission today that you had to accomplish? We, uh, myself and uh, Jessica Hamby, played by Ashley Strobel, my girlfriend, had to get goats. And uh, argue for the uh, virtues of anarchy or the empire. Right. Get, and then bring goats to one pole or another. It didn't happen. We pet goats. That was all that happened. <laughs> the goats got pet. It was pretty great. We were going to get some more pets in later. Did you give them some, uh, some food? No, no. We got to get that. 
we haven't we got to fight had to go to no we got to do that okay 100 percent but um yeah i'm i'm here because of you that's so pretty broad bob and and uh role playing how did you oh, get started oh <laughs> Uh, it's a story. Uh, okay, so about 99, I was in high school. I was a junior in high school. Right. good friend of mine, Mike, said, um, we're going to go play Dungeons & Dragons. And I had played uh, computer games lightly at that time because it was 99. I was playing more like uh, video games, you know. Sure. Familiar with RPGs. And he said, we're going to play D&D. And I said, okay. And we had to drive up to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So we were right. going to go play at a place called the Gamers Guild. And mm-hmm. it was like an hour and 40 minutes. We're living in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. I'm like, all right. We show up. Gamers Guild's filled with old guys. Uh-huh. Who proceed to tell me how to play my character? I hated it. No, 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 no. I, I'm giving you the 17 year old Bob perspective. Sure. Right. We're playing like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm, and my moment, my role play moment where I got started was looking at my sheet. I'm playing a dwarf, and I went, I got all this money, but my gear sucks. I want to buy better gear. And this older guy starts lecturing me about how dwarves are misers and this and that. And I said, Who are you to tell me how to play my character? My buddy flips his book over, and on the back is a guy, and it's the same guy, and it's Jerry Tygax. <laughs> I'm like, no, no shit. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, and I was, like, quieted down, and we played, and my character got killed at the end. I got caught in a fireball, and they, I mean, it was the whole spread. Gary's, one of his sons was running the game. I remember right. that. He was a younger guy, um, and... And we got done. We played. We left. And my buddy's like, oh, you like it? You want to come back? I'm like, nah, fuck it. I don't want to no clue. I had no clue what role gaming would play in my future. I have no clue. I was just, I played some game with some old men, and I didn't like it. And I was not going back. And so I missed out on playing with Gary Gygax himself. My buddy played with him dozens of times. They tested modules, all that stuff. That would have been, you know, 99, 2000. Right. And, and I, I missed all of that. Um <clears throat> Right, if you weren't having a good time, you weren't having a good time. Right, right. And it really was not their fault. I was a teenager, and I had no expectation. And then we started, I um, see, D&D Third Ed came out, and then one of the other people in our social group bought the book. Then we started running a game at the school, and then that's then then I really enjoyed it because it's all your friends around the same level of maturity. Right, wise, right. I, I got to give a, a quick shout out because the thing that really why I'm here with Ashley and why I'm here at a at a goat larp in Connecticut, right, um, is uh, Jessica Carroll's. Believe it or not. Okay. So Jessica Carroll's and I are both uh, alumni of Marquette University in Milwaukee. I didn't know you had that connection. That's yeah, crazy. Two thousand one. I'm eighteen. Uh, I'm being told by everyone in my life that I need to experience new things. I go to the uh, the the student convention or whatever, right? It's all the booths for all the clubs. Right. I'm walking around, there is a club, and Jessica's probably going to kill me for t- telling on her, but it was the Marquette Anime and Role-Playing Society. So you had to get in on that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I played that D&D game. Yeah, I'll play. Yeah. And, and Jessica was like, there's this game, it's called Vampire. And then, <laughs> you know, Jessica brought me to, to my first Vampire game, and then that's where I met all my friends, the DMH, and all that, and it was just a decade of nonsense, and then that led into underground theater and everything else so, so tell me about uh dead man's hand and <laughs> because like it's among certain groups that it's somewhat infamous right yeah yeah so now you i'm gonna give you the perspective of me when i was 18 right, right? you know i show up to game and i get told all this crazy stuff um i play i play for about three months i get my, my character gets killed sabat infiltrator which was a hell of a way to have your first character right because as storytellers told me you're gonna die what you are you'll die and uh, and then when you die you just make a new character no big deal that was really formative, I think, because I was never afraid of character death. Uh-huh. And that and that that whole like you're gonna die is made me a lot more adventurous, I think. I think I enjoyed game a lot more because of it. anyway. 18, rolling the game, trying to pick a new a new clan, and I distinctly remember looking through the laws of the night book and going, I really want to play an Asimite, but I'm not sure if I can role play as an Asian woman. 
Right. Because that was the picture. Because I literally yeah. thought, uh, yeah, I got to play with these pictures. I got to go, like, whatever the picture is, that's why <laughs> I, I got to pick what I like. I, well, I have to go back. So, I which just... <laughs> picture did you pick for your first character? La Sombra. What was it in the Laws book? It was um, a Spanish guy, I believe. You know, uh, someone of Latino yeah. descent, right? right Very right. regal looking, like yes. a suit. Like, I, I, so, yeah. you pick out this picture. I pick out the picture, and they go, you know, you don't have to be, pick a clan based on the picture. It can be whatever you want. Uh-huh. I go, okay, I want to be an Italian acemite. And they go, there's no Italian acemite. Well, like, well, except in this occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, and it, it led to a lot of good stuff. But anyway, the, the Dead Man's Hand was a coterie in One World by Night. It was um, very infamous, very influential, and it... it, it uh, Operated um, largely as uh, somewhat of a ma- mafia style. It was all about influence and uh, power and control and stuff and uh, things. You were like very uh, player versus player. Yeah, yeah. But the the best part about that is that you don't have to kill a lot of characters before the the story grows beyond. You know what I mean? Right. Like, people are like, oh, the DMH must have killed. A-. And like, no, no. I mean. Maybe Solon. He played Shade. Uh, Matt, Matt Solon played Shade. Um, he killed quite a few maybe in the 90s, but um, it was very rare because uh, you, there's a, a saying in China that you, uh, was it kill the chicken to scare the monkey? Yeah, and so there was a lot of that. And it was it rarely went to that. Um, but you had to have that fearsome reputation to engage in any kind of diplomacy. And that was one of the... As much as I love vampire, that was one of the downsides. I always wanted to be a diplomat. I always wanted to be a negotiator. But until I was spooky Antonio Salerno with a billion points murder machine, no one would be willing to talk. Right. But once I had the full backing of, your character will die, let's talk, then everyone wanted to talk. Long story short, I had so much fun, and I thought that's what Vampire Lark was about. Because as a kid, I had no concept that this coterie I was running with was the coterie. I didn't know. These were just my friends. Right. We're going to game. We're having fun. I had, it took me many years. I went, oh, really? Uh, oh, shit. Like, People are calling teams like that nerdball teams now. How do you feel about that? It really depends on the game. It sure. 100% depends on the game. When you have a game that is PvP-focused, which right. I know people will argue with me about Vampire, but... The best story for Vampire comes from conflicting with other players. It doesn't need to be rock, paper, scissors. Everyone hates it. Even the PvPers hate throwing chops. Sure. You know, but um, if it, it doesn't always have to be combat, but social, whatever, conflict. The best vampire stories come from conflict. And to this day, I could tell you maybe one or two stories about NPC plot I was in. Right. But I could tell you a million about other players. Um, as far as nerdball teams, I don't know. We became friends from playing together, not the other way around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and our characters had very different goals, and there was a lot of political infighting and stuff. And even some people died. Some people lost their characters because of it and this and that. And But we presented a good front. Well, now, let's go back. Yeah. Underground Theater. Yeah. You and a small group of friends yes. decided that you, you had finally figured out how to do Vampire Rock. Yes. And what I say all the time is uh, people play in the old cam or MBS, and they get frustrated, and they never come back. They don't role play anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. they have a bad experience. People who are in one world, for some reason, get fed up and start another org. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So there's like two or three orgs that have come from One World by Night. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what Ryan and Carrie did uh, when when they were involved in the early uh, Drew Nation. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. tell me about why okay. UT and yeah. everything. So uh, real quick, I think the reason why most of these rebels come from One World is because One World is more than any of the other organizations more mutable. Right. There's voting, there's uh, coordinators, there's packets, there's all these things. And so for good or for ill, I would argue ill, but, uh, you know, for good or for ill, it's very mutable. People are used to having a voice and they're used to whatever. Um, 
and so that's why I think it breeds a lot of us rebels where a more maybe structured organization like the MES yeah. maybe people go this is the structure I don't like it or I like whatever they, they don't feel like they have that agency and which Obi-Wan does if nothing else it breeds a little agency into you so um, <clears throat> anyway so how Underground Theater started was uh, they were running a play test for the new Vampire of the Masquerade LARP the ones at By Night Studios did. We, we did one of those places. Okay, yeah, you did. Yeah. So they were doing one in Chicago, and I got an invite, and it was a lot of my friends and some DMH people and, you know, other LARPer friends and stuff, and we play-tested it, and we were all ridiculously excited. Um, honestly, because the rules are better, yeah. they're good, they're good, just to be straight honest, and this is the first new book in, like, 20 years. Absolutely. So that's Yeah, absolutely. And so we were so excited, and we were meeting at, like, we were getting food afterwards, and we're sitting around a table, and... Uh, we're going over the rules. We're talking about how excited we are, and we're like, okay, you know, we're going to pitch it to Obi Wan like this because we thought, of course, Obi Wan's going to adopt it and stuff. And there was a gentleman sitting at the table, and I don't want to—he's not the villain in the story, so I won't name him, but I'll portray him a little bit as such. And he went, Obi Wan's never going to accept these rules. This isn't going to go anywhere. He was, he was very negative, maybe honestly so, but he was negative. And I said, fuck it, then we'll do our own organization. And it would have died right there <clears throat> if it weren't for Meredith Gerber. Who, now we don't talk, whatever, but but Meredith Gerber looked up at me, and she had that twinkle in her eye, and she was like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, let's do it, let's fucking, we're doing it, we're going to, sorry, I don't mean to, I'm going to curse okay. or whatever, we're like, we're doing it, and, uh, and, and so it, it, it grew from that notion of, these are great rules, we want to play with these rules, and we want to play vampire, how do we do that? Because um, I don't, it, I, a lot of people probably don't know this, but when the book was very close to release, um, One World by Night staunchly said they would never adopt it. Um, MES said they would only adopt it if they could have uh, basically a second book that would be an entire house rules, whatever. And we went, you know, we'll make an org for you guys to buy night. And we're like, we'll, we'll make an org and uh, we'll run your book and we'll run straight book. Right. You know, aside from typos or whatever. And they went, oh, thanks. And then MES went, oh, there's, a, there's another org that's going to, oh, they're getting some people, are they? And then they oh, they, they adopted it, and Obi-Wan is going to do whatever Obi-Wan does. So they were like, forget it. Like, so you're president for a little while. Yes. Uh, a year? Not quite? Uh, two years, I think. Was it two years? I didn't so realize it was that long. There, there were two major events that happened that, or three major events that happened that really, that, that ended my uh cooperation with underground theater not not in a negative way i just stepped out and they didn't fire me or nothing but right one was i received an excellent job opportunity in uh mainland china shenzhen right near hong kong so moving across the world's got a way to kind of disrupt communications right so uh that was the first thing the second thing is um we had a very major falling out within our uh circle our directors uh, board of directors so a few of them were excused from the board and uh, once they were excused the Nerd political backlash, right? You know what I mean. The, the I shadow, mean. The, the the jihad was in full swing, and it was incredibly disheartening. Um, and the third thing was, I was very naive, and I believed that if we had a great book, which I believe we did, and I think it's a very good book, that we had an org that was very hands off with NPCs and stuff. Really, and all of our rules are made to encourage people to play hard. Show up to game and get wild. Play. Do your character. Just if your character dies, it doesn't matter. We have floor XP, and, and we're going to wipe anyway. And just play the game to the fullest. I thought that this would really encourage people to increase the game size because Vampire is a game that is best played at at least a hundred people. That's my staunch belief. Some and we still have almost no games at those numbers. Nothing. Nothing. And and people wouldn't recruit. And it was like pulling teeth. And we put out a, a recruitment packet that was very cheap. The cost of flyers. 
and it was this is how you start a game organization in your local school this is because you want the colleges because most of us came into this through college sure and so the idea was that you want to be able to flyer the colleges but you need the permission of the school and how you do that is you have a club and then so you create a club and you find students that would be sympathetic and we had this whole plan no one ever did it no one no it's one, one of the things we talk about in our advertising episode was the fact that uh if you have a college in your area, you should try to form a game club there. First thing. Yeah. Because it gives you access to so many resources. Absolutely. Yeah. And that game club will be run by the students, and they'll be playing in your thing. And um, So are you role-playing at all now? Or no. Or just Goat LARP? Uh, go- yeah, except for Goat LARP, which is, yeah. Um, I really enjoy tabletop games. Yeah. And are so, you doing tabletop now? No, because we don't have the people. <laughs> We're out in, right now for work. I'm in New Jersey, and I don't know any local people. I will introduce you to a couple of people I know here. They're in New Jersey area. Okay. That might be interested. Yeah. Or they might try to drag you to a boffer LARP. Right. Which I, I've played boffer LARPs. I've enjoyed them. I've played Vampire. I've enjoyed it. But at this point, like, if I can just get personal for a second, what I didn't realize when I was young it was that I was LARPing for adventure, friendship, and ambition. Right. Right. These were my three main motivations. And once I've achieved them, it's boring. Just, yeah. I mean, like, we went to China. Yeah. I created a company. It's, I'm not bragging. It's number one in its category in the largest market in the world. Like, I, I can't. I'm going to go to LARP, become friends. I don't care. I, I, I'd much rather be somebody's ghoul who's frustrated. You know what I mean? Like, I, No, I, I understand exactly so, what you mean. Like, when I was young, I had all this ambition. I had no outlet. But I could go to Vampire, and I could try to get Asimites into the Camarilla, in which I did in Obi-Wan, and, you know, and all this stuff. And it was all, this, all these goals that I could try to accomplish. And now when I look at gaming, I, I want a game for fun. I want a game with friends. I want a game to have a good time, have a laugh, whatever. Come to go LARP. But going to LARP, going back to Vampire, I just can't see myself doing it because I don't, I can't summon the motivation to, and I, I love it, and it's great, and man, if someone was like, there's this 100-player LARP, it's totally killer, costuming's great, you gotta be dressed to the nines, people are in character, no one's on their phone, no one's, I'd, I'd probably be there, right? but, well, yeah, so the you gotta, showing up in a limo, that gotta, was an idea we had, yeah. You gotta run it. I tried. My biggest mistake with underground theater was not finding a way to monetize. And and we couldn't because it wasn't RIP, so it probably could have never been done. But for a LARP, a large-scale LARP to be successful, you have to find a way to make money. You don't have to make a ton of money, but you have to make money. Why do you think that matters? Because there has to be motivation beyond the people that are really passionate, right? So, like, I work, you work, we all work, and we have varying degrees of passion depending on the day and the project, right? But we show up and we do our work. Right. So we're getting paid. Right. And so with LARP, it's like, you know, I was running underground theater. I was super passionate about it and stuff. But once the passion bled away, once the interpersonal conflict became too much, once I all this stuff, there was no reason for me to be president anymore. It's nothing to make you power through. Right. One really important point that I want to make, because I don't want to come off sounding bitter or angry or anything, the, the closest friends I've made in my life are from LARP. Oh, absolutely. We wouldn't know each other. Absolutely. Yeah, and I love talking to you, and we don't get to talk as much anymore because we're not involved in the same stuff right yeah. now. Closest friends, the love of my life, a, a, a tremendous amount of, of really quality people and um, skills that you can't learn anywhere else. I mean... It's a good place for practicing leadership. Yeah. Because and, and, if you mess up, who cares? Right. Social skills, leadership, negotiation, all these things. And and it prepares you for the other social situation. You know, I'm in China. I'm sitting down. I have no idea what's going on. But you know what? I, I've been in worse... I've had Jessica yell at me. That's right. I've been I've been in the back room at a clan meeting that it's not even my clan. Right. You know what I mean? I'm in China. I'm having a meal. Some guy's talking. He's important. I'm supposed to do something. Just be polite. Be cool. 
And, and those types of soft uh, social skills are invaluable. Right. And they serve me extraordinarily well. I mean, I'm sure there's other places where they sure, can talk, sure. but they're t- for you and me and every other... That's average, where we learned it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I would trade none of... I would take nothing back. I would do things differently, but I'd take nothing back, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, so... Yeah. Well, it's been really great talking it's to you. It's been fantastic. Yeah, we need to have you on the air sometime. I, I would love that. Yeah. Go LARP. Go, Go. LARP. It's First been, of all, introduce yourself. My name is Dan Comstock. Right. Uh, and currently, I'm playing Steve Quests, uh, who is a clone of Steve Jobs, whose DNA has been combined with that of a satyr. Right. And using this DNA and my genius, I have created Goat LARP, the most immersive LARP technology ever conceived of by man or beast. Well, we met a future person who was re- also recording this for posterity, because apparently this is... The thing that changes everything. Right. In a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure sort of way, right, right. it seems like this has a formative effect on the future, and she came back in time like 5,000 plus years to see how it all started. So many people have brought so much creativity to the day, it really exceeded what I thought was going to be possible at a LARP that's concept is just hang out with goats. Right. <laughs> and Can we talk about the fact that there's actual, like, emergent play, people actually doing little mini storylines and everything? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Like, I, I really only know, like, 25% of it. Because, so that's standard for LARP, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and just so many people showed up with such great costumes and such uh-huh. funny concepts, and everybody kind of, like, seems like they had rehearsed their shtick. Uh-huh. And everybody was really receptive to each other's <laughs> shtick. So uh, there's just, uh, like, all these little moments that, like, I wish we could even capture because it's just so funny. Everybody is in such a great mood, and everybody's playing with each other. Everybody's laughing all the time. It, like, it really just feels like an amazing party with goats and costumes and activities. And, like, uh, I mean, I don't know if you'd say that there's a plot, but... Um, <laughs> But the goats are the goats are the goat happiness meter is filling up. That's That's the plot. Uh (laughs) How how do you think it turned out? I I think it's going great. Okay, we had we had a lot of people here, Um, and and like I said, like I just couldn't have predicted all the stuff that happens. Like it, it, I was really worried that it would, especially because the goats like. They're not, like, cooperative. Like, they don't know what's going on. Like, a lot of the goats are just running around in a big herd. Yeah, there's probably ten goats that aren't really interested in LARPing. Right, right, yeah. right. Which leaves six goats that are... keep getting on their cell phones. They're distracted. <laughs> I think one of them's even reading a book. Right, they're not very immersed. <laughs> no, they're not immersed. The other, the rest of the goats, however, are very immersed. That's right. And love people uh-huh. and are just playing with them nonstop and oh, just yeah. love being part of the games. Some of them just like being around the people, you can tell, because they're not even begging for food or anything. They're just... Right. They just want to be around you. They just you. come up and nuzzle you and yeah. want to be pet and, like, hang out. And uh-huh. it's super cute. Well, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the fact that you got uh, national recognition. You were on a bunch of, like, news programs. Yeah, and this thing blew up. I was on uh, Good Day Sacramento, which right. is, like, a, a morning show. I watched show. that. It was a good clip. <laughs> yeah, it came out really well. Yeah. And then the Onion AV Club did an article on us, right. which was a huge surprise. It's the one that dropped today, too, right? I, somebody told me that the San Francisco Chronicle did an article on us. I haven't seen that yet. That's crazy. But, like, yeah, that, if that's true, that's These are really real crazy. newspapers, right? You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Right, that's right. more than just a morning show, which a morning show is pretty big deal. Right. But when a regular newspaper is doing an article on you, it's just, it's, I love it. <laughs> I, it just shows that people really needed goat LARP. You know, LARPs are kind of hard to explain. They're really complicated. <laughs> 
you know, you, like if you, if somebody's like, "What are you doing this weekend?" and 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 you just want to say LARPing, but you know you have to explain it. You know you're gonna go like ten, fifteen sentences deep into just being like, and then there are elves. You know, it's it's so weird and hard to grasp. I bail so many times on that conversation. I'm like, yeah. well, this weekend what I'm doing is hanging out with friends. Right, right. We'll probably be. Hanging out. <laughs> so tell me something about your partner. I don't really know him as well. Uh, so Dan, uh, Dan Burke and I uh, have been LARPing together forever. Sure. And he is a volcano of energy. That's uh, absolutely, he's difficult to talk to because he's got so much energy, it's just overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, he doesn't have a setting below 10, which no. is really impressive. I, I wish I could pull up that kind con- I wish I could <laughs> get my dial up to 10. <laughs> But he he lives at that level, and it was it was uh, his mania. Yeah, I mean, is really what kicks this off. I sure. Mean, Goat LARP originated from a shit post where he said LARPs are so complicated. I wish that there was uh, just a LARP where we pet baby animals. And I said, I think that actually has legs. I think we could probably we can make run this that. Happen. I called up some goat yoga farms, and because uh, <laughs> I figured they'd be hip to weird ideas. Sure. And, and this one, Jibit Farm in Redding, Connecticut, was really hip to it. They were really excited, and uh, and here we are today. That's right. And you've got a very diverse audience. You've got you've got vampire LARPers. You've got a bunch of fantasy LARPers. You've got some sci-fi people. You've got a bunch of people who haven't LARPed in years who are like, this is a LARP that I could go to yep. for the weekend or for the day and enjoy it. Yep. So what's next? What are you going to do? I mean, I don't know. Like, we're, like I'm, I definitely want to run another LARP after this. Sure. I haven't exactly landed on what that is. Uh, that's aside from... Goat LARP. Right. You know, so we have to goat LARP next year sometime. All these goats are going to level up, and at level two, they're going to have need a higher level of challenge. Sure. And, and that's what Goat LARP 2 is going to be about, even right. goatier. Speaking of level 10. Uh, hello, gentlemen. <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, oh. Just, just steal this man from me if you want me to Absolutely. sit out here. Why, it's Dan Burke. Uh, the food uh, hello, I am Daniel Burke. I am the other Dan involved in making Goat LARP happen. Yeah. He said that he does all the work, and then you do all the excitement. Is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's one of those weird things where, honestly, I would say Dan is one of the passionate driving forces of this because if I'm being 100% honest about this, when we started this, I made just a kind of a, a, a nonsense post on sure. the internet. And Dan reached out and said, this has legs. You have to keep going. Okay. So that kept going. And then we started building things. And because I'm a big fan of being transparent in my life, I hit a very low point in my life. I had a lot of just emotional and hard things going on. I was seeking help for that, and I reached out and said, Dan, I'm not able to commit what I need right now. And Dan kept that passion going. And when I was able to come back to it, Dan had kept that fire hot. So we eventually got the rule book written. We got things going. Dan was doing a lot of logistical things. We finally came up here and visited the farm, and it was just tremendous, just tremendous. So Dan has put in a lot, a lot of labor, and we would not be having this event if it wasn't for the passion that Dan Comstock refused to let me like give up on so that happened and then we get here today and I spent four hours parking cars so I don't know if that initial statement <laughs> oh, no. is right but I feel like in the lead up to this event yes Dan is needs to be given more credit than anyone can give him and in the practicality of making things happen on the ground I'm very useful okay <laughs> no it's definitely a joint effort and we've you know, couldn't have done it without each other. It seemed like a great team. It's one one of the things that I said very early on in the relationship of this was we're not allowed to have the same opinion. Okay. And very seldomly <laughs> do we have the same opinion, but because we have an oppositional opinion in a way that isn't antagonistic, it allows us to drive things to the most ridiculous level of their potential. 
And that is how we wound up in a field with 120 people full of goats, and everyone's <laughs> having a great time and playing Yes and LARP, which is probably the best thing I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah, we just had like like a trial go on. Did you see like what was even happening? Like somebody got sentenced to death, and a goat spared them at the last minute. I, I was, was told that the, somebody had to bribe the goat to let the person go. And that right there is, I think, the finest part of this event is is that everyone is leaning into things with the utmost sincerity but also not looking to play to any sort of victory. They just want to drive it to its utmost potential for drama and madness, whatever that may be. It's very, it, it has a certain right. performance art aspect to it, I would yeah, say. Yeah, by, by, you know, because this is a LARP where there's no power, there's no oh, competition. So uh, everybody's just focused on having fun with each other. Today has been really just such a joy. Do you have My a favorite favorite. scene from today? Oh man, I have a lot of favorite scenes. Yeah, there's so much. I have big scenes and I have small scenes. And if you had to pick a big scene and a small scene, what was your favorite big scene? What was your favorite small scene? All right, I got to think about that. I mean, my favorite big scene is probably that thing that just happened with the the guy getting sentenced to death and then the goat having like to get. Was bribed, that with Jon so. Snow standing on top of the thing? Was that that whole yes, trial? Yeah, some of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's your favorite big scene. Char- Charlie, the guy playing Jon Snow, cracks me up. He's, he's so great. funny. He's like, great. like he's talking to the goats as if they're like the prisoners that just got sent <laughs> to the wall, and, and they're like munching on the hay, and he's like, "You're eating the wall." <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's he's really selling it. Um, so that's your favorite big scene. What's and your favorite the, small scene? Um. I think the uh, the other reporter from the future that uh, is explaining that the um, that in the future like Goat Larp has like transformed civilization and she's gone back in time. It's very Bill and Ted, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to see what the first Goat Larp was. And <laughs> yeah, she shook my hand at one point and was so amazed to to, to, to meet my character. <laughs> and just her shtick is really funny too because she's talking about how like oh I couldn't bring my space camera I had to spend. 25 fremulons on this <laughs> this cheap really antique never camera. Never she, no, she, she never broke. It was amazing. And I was trying yeah. to break her. It was yeah. great. Oh. oh, that was great. Um, favorite big scene? Uh, I got into it with the bard who was out there. Who, who Caddick. And, Caddick. And, and he, he has not broken character the whole time. No, I had a lot of fun with him. And, and we got into this entire thing uh, of, like, he had a quest and I, I was besmirching be, be it because I was trying to remain neutral in all quests. And then he finally challenged me directly. And, and I said, well, what is your challenge? He said, well, whoever can make the loudest goat noise in the field. Oh, that's what that was. Yes, that was what the <laughs> screaming was. And um, I screamed. Oh, look, someone's feeding the baby goats. Oh, that's so wonderful. The baby goats have finally approached people. Oh, See, great. there we go. You could never get them to come anywhere near yeah, they're very shy. They are very shy. Oh, there we go. He, he's out there playing like a lute for, for the goats. I just, <laughs> I just love everything that I'm seeing right Th- there's now. There's nothing no. wrong anywhere here today. No. Man, so if that, every LARP was like this. Imagine. Yeah. But that, that was my big scene. My favorite small scene was um, a young lady did not feel comfortable going into the dance battle that was trying to be organized. Right. And I, I was fully in character and came up and said, I will teach you to dance anything. We can waltz. Right. And they said, well, we don't have music. And I said, you there with your music box. Turn it on. And they started playing Jay-Z and I taught her to dance a waltz to Jay-Z. Oh, uh, that's awesome. And just didn't break. And now that young lady knows how to waltz to Jay-Z. Wow. So we had a great day. Everyone is very in tune with being open to other characters, no matter what they are, where they're coming from. And it's been fantastic. And some people are playing very snarky characters. Sure. They're, 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 they're as, as the Europeans would say, they're taking the piss. Yeah. And it's still fun. Some people showed up with a lot of gravitas, and they're still having a lot of fun. So no one here has, I, I think, in any way detracted from anyone's event. Everyone's only added. So what's a lesson we could take from Goat LARP 
into something that's a little more long term, a little more like heavy and serious? You know, I, that's I think, an interesting question. So I think like the kernel of Goat LARP is like let's just think of the most elemental fun moment, which in this case is playing with animals. Sure. Uh, and then build a whole day around that. And and I think it would be good if. Um, like if LARP runners kind of get away from the tabletop model where they need to create the experience using a lot of rules and, and abstractions and technical stuff and just trying to figure out, like, at its core, LARP is about a bunch of people getting together and playing with each other. And, and really, like, the more spice you... Like, you can easily over-spice that. Right. And, and especially because people that run LARPs tend to be in a game design kind of headspace, and game designers overvalue rules and game design. Okay. So, like, I, I think LARPs could benefit in general from less game design, you know? Well, I mean, less, less rules and structure, Agreed. you know? Yeah. And, and, and to me, the fun thing about LARP is the stuff that you couldn't have predict, you know, mm-hmm. like, that you can't, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Like, when I, when I'm, a, even if I'm DMing D&D or I'm running a LARP, the most exciting parts to me are the moments when I get surprised, and a lot of LARP runners don't get surprised because they micromanage the experience. Like, like what we did here today is just kind of tell people, like, here's the concept, play with it like what you want. I think a lot of LARPs could benefit from giving people the kind of freedom to play whatever. Just trusting their players. You know, like in a lot of fantasy LARPs, like, you can't start off as a noble. You know, you have to earn your way into this whole thing, and there's this whole story that you have to go to before you become a baron. But, like, what if you just let people play one, you know? Like, what if you let everybody play what they want to play and interact with each other and... And we've seen that go off the rails in a bad way. You know, like, this is a little bit of a tangent, but, like, you know, like, players killing each other in LARPs, like, or characters killing each other in LARPs. You know, um, like, we, like, there used to be, in this region, in New England, LARPs used to have a lot of that. They used to get, you had had to really watch out for other players because they were all gunning for you. Right. And so, it was a little salty. And, and yeah, Yeah. it got really salty and intense and hostile, and a lot of people rage quit because when you die, you lose all your stuff. Yeah. So, so, um... Consequently, LARPs in the region have been designed in a way to prevent that kind of tension, right? So that we redesign the game so that everybody's on the same page, and that. But when everybody's on the same team, it, it also means it? that they need like a central antagonist to fight. So like the game becomes focused on the content that the staff is running. And it takes the focus off of what the players are doing and how they're playing with each other. That actually seems, in a lot of LARPs, like it's the filler. And the plot that they're running is the content. And everything else is kind of a distraction from it. It's the Buffy the Vampire Slayer problem, isn't it? Where it becomes, it's the monster of the week problem. And we don't really care what's going on in the world. We're just focused on what these six core values are if they are a central character or a central plot item and we say fine well we have to follow that to the end of the world because that's the thing and that's the rails that we're on it's like being in an amusement park where there's seven rides and you say well what if I want to go to the arcade and just play some things and do my own thing you have seven rides we want you to get on those rides and solve the thing at the end of the ride. So no matter how good that kind of content is, it's going to miss out on the human drama right. that really makes good games. It, 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 my, it friend, my friend yeah. Sam Stone, uh, uh, who, runs, Sam. who runs Dammerung, said it really well that I think like a good LARP staff member is, you know, you shouldn't try to be like a, a dungeon master that writes a lot of content and keeps it hidden behind the screen and the players get to interact with that content and that's the game. It, a good LARP runner is more like a social media, like a, a, a social network manager. Agreed. Like you're trying to figure out ways for people to play with each other. 
Oh, like that's really it. clever. And that gets like you that. out of the picture. Exactly. You know? I mean, if you look at today, Dan and I did 90... I, it's funny because I was out with um, Erica Skirpin. Uh-huh. And Erica is another... She's um, great. She's an amazing game runner, amazing game designer. Has writes so a great many good blog. Things. I mean, writes a great blog, is currently making yes. Velvet Noir, which is probably one of the most original LARPs I've seen in a long time. It's brilliant, yeah. But uh, I was out with her about two nights ago, and she goes, how are you out having a beer two days before an event? I go, because everything that we need to do is done, and it's in the hands of the players now. Right. And when you look at today, what have we done beyond go out and occasionally facilitate just scenes? We haven't run anything. We haven't sent quests. We haven't had to put out NPC well, books. Well, we wrote quests. We wrote them, but the point is the players took them and then did things we never imagined with them. Yeah. And it's beautiful. About how many of those cards did you write? Just, there are just for reference. probably about 60 quest cards. 60 quest cards for 120 players? 60 quest cards. There was about maybe, I want to say, 12 to 15 NPC modifier cards, which were basically something like, we would put out a thing and I'd give it to someone and go, this is going to change you for the day. Just add this as an extra bit of sauce on your character. So like... One of them was, you are all chupacabra. You're terribly misunderstood. You want to pet goats and go schlorp the entire time. <laughs> and don't get caught, because then we had things like conspiracy theorists. Right. We had the goats in black who were trying to like <laughs> suppress that. So there were these people running around, running these sort of like really hidden things. And I sort of thought, I, I described them as um, cone of effect things. Mm-hmm. If I give it to one person, and it's going to cone out and bring other people into it, and then just... Call it. I really, it's, it's, I wanted to have that sort of Guy Ritchie moment where it keeps expanding to the point where it gets critical mass and then it all goes wrong. I love that. And that's kind of the idea. It's just, if I can put that in one player's hand and say, I want you to go do this, don't tell anyone, and you have to make it happen. (laughs) And now they have a mission. And some of these young people I gave it to today were like, Oh, they were ready to go. They saw their card. Like, I'm aware, Kali. I have to herd players. This is amazing. So at, right there, there it is. People are all about it. People are all about it. They're taking, if you, we're giving them that one Lego piece, and they're building a castle that we never intended in colors we never knew what it was going to be. I should tell them food's ready, but I don't want to railroad them. I don't want, I, you know what it is? They're having I don't too want to much take fun. away player agency here. You know, we've joked so much about player agency in the past, and today I've never seen as much player agency as I have for six hours straight. Think about that. How many fantasy games have we run, respectively, where we've been like, it's been six hours and we can't get people off the porch of the tavern? Did you see the, the, <laughs> did you see the Nordic LARP that was run in the corner? These guys set up a tent. What? And they oh, wrote, is that what was going on? They wrote a one-page Nordic LARP right? uh, that includes like a, work, a pre-game workshop and a debrief and, <laughs> and like, all this stuff. And it's it, amazing. But it, and it's the, the goats of the players. <laughs> oh. They had to debrief the goats afterwards what, 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 to deal what, what, with their bleed. Was it all about emotions? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love that's it. That's brilliant. That's so good. One of the things I think about a lot is, like, Damarung sounds great. Uh, I'd love to do Dragon confess one day yeah. but I keep thinking about like like you were saying it's there's a competitive design element to that and does does every game that's not uh, just content that I create for somebody else is it just PvP can I, that's can, it can I ask a question then sure so here's the question people say PvP and they immediately think people murdering one another let me rephrase is every game that I create that's not the kind of game that's traditional, you know, where I create content and somebody plays it. Yes. Does it have to be factional conflict? Because that's all we ever talk about. I don't think it has to be factional content, <laughs> but I would add this. 
Have you ever read a good story where there was no tension? No, no, there has to be tension. So how do you create that without just making a factional conflict game? And here's the fun part about that is is that when we think factional conflict, we usually think of it in terms of uh, Capulets versus Monsters. Sure. We think gang warfare functionally. Right. At the most basic level, it's gang warfare. But that's what Drakenfest is, right? Drakenfest is absolutely gang warfare. And to a certain extent, that's what Damrung is, right? Yep. I would say, here's the funny thing about that. Damrung and Drakenfest definitely have a violence component to it. But it's only the most visible component. Right. There's a massive, massive political arm that happens in both games. And I think it's undersold. It's radically undersold. Having, right. having One of the things that was very interesting to me at Drakenfest was um, my, my spouse went to Drakenfest and broke her foot two weeks beforehand. Right. So, so she's out of the bar for combat. No, no, no combat. But Arden got very deep into the political and alchemical politics that go on there. And I had no idea this was a thing. Suddenly, I'm getting pulled into this stuff where I find out they are stealing corpses, they are making deals with other camps and back channels, and the stuff they do when they bring it forward suddenly has an impact on the fights that happen later. And I'm going, you know what? The stuff that you're doing has more impact on the fight that I have. Like, my fight might last for an hour, but there was nine hours of content of deals, of people working stuff that led up to that. So in terms of ratio... If you have nine hours of dynamic storytelling tension for one hour of violence, that's a pretty good ratio, isn't it? So how do you design for that? So, so I think, um, going back to what we were saying earlier about how like Goat LARP is kind of like taking this elemental fun experience of playing with animals and building a whole day about it, I think you've also got to think about what are other fun experiences you can build stuff around. Oh, yeah. and, and winning is a really fun experience, and I don't want to discount it and say that it's bad. I just think it's overused. But we, we do a whole episode on how playing to win isn't bad. Playing to win when you're yeah. not prepared for it's bad. Right. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. that's a really good way to put it. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Agreed. Um, but like there are other experiences that we humans find fun. Discovery. Um, uh, coming you know, group dynamics, um, exploration, um, experimentation. None of that requires factions. There's a lot of you can even go into the whole realm of emotional satisfaction in terms of like I have built something I have brought two people together I have seen true love bloom or something I mean uh, has anyone ever told you about the gardens at Drakenfest no I've never heard about the gardens so this is an amazing thing that happens at every single camp at Drakenfest they each camp build a massive actual garden where they are growing components sure and each section of it actually is made to a biome uh huh. So like, there's one which is all sand. Like, they have like glass. Like, well, this can't come in contact with air; it will explode. And you can't put your hands on this, or it will poison you. And they're very serious about it. But yeah. every camp has this. And to clarify, it's like the people who are creating these gardens are growing stuff at home and then and bring in potting them, them, them and bringing and bring them and, and potting <laughs> air. So when I say there was actually a kiddie pond with water plants in it, I'm not being euphemistic. Right. There was like a big 50 foot by 50 foot space in our camp, and every camp had them. And it was a big deal to try to break into a camp and steal things from their garden. <laughs> it, no joke. The, the level of satisfaction that everyone had got from building it, from tending it, from maintaining it. And, and like at one point, I was spent like a few hours standing guard over this <laughs> while my, my spouse is there with the big like boot on the foot trying to like basically harp. They had like a thing way to harvest plants that wouldn't harm the plants. Sure. So they had a mechanic for it. But she's there doing that and I'm like oh wait someone broke into the garden last night and we're like no 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 I'm here full armor blazing sun like I will mess someone up and it was such an intense thing to be like I have to defend this garden and that's an amazingly satisfying thing being told I'm being given a task and I think that's the way it is tasks when you have tasks that aren't necessarily 
oriented towards I punch it and it goes away, but I enable someone else to achieve their task. How gratifying is that to be told I can enable another person in their task? <laughs> so let's wrap up with yes. your this one time at LARP, LARP story. Like, oh, no, give me the, 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 the no shit I was there. The no shit I was there. Give me your like a little quick one minute no shit I was there that no one believes, but it totally happened and it was awesome. Uh, it I can be in or out of game. At, at Gold LARP? No, no, no. Somewhere else. Oh, boy, we've got a lot of these. Yeah. Top of your head. You know what? First one. We could do do the both of us because there's Stony Brook. Dan and I had this unofficial competition where we would um, essentially be playing this game where we would try to surprise the other person by inflicting a blow to a very sensitive location. It was called Junkadan. It was called Junkadan. Dan Dan versus Dan. Dan versus Dan. In a ball kicking contest. And so this went on for a while and it was This wasn't in high school. This was No, this was in LARP. Oh, no. No. We were were running the Nero booth at a convention. This is at Stony Brook University. Right. And Stony Brook University didn't give us a fixed location or boundaries. So we realized there were maintenance tunnels under the building that we could get into. So we literally told these players, you have to go in this elevator to the maintenance tunnels, and right. you only down them two at a time because it's like a mine cart. Right. So they're coming down two at a time, and we were all there in like Minotaur get up and stuff in these steam tunnels. Literally, like in these weird red light steam tunnels. Yeah. But there was this sort of square that they made. So Dan is like, in a stance. I'm like poised in a pose. He's r- ready, ready for the elevator to doors open. to open. And right? I ran around the square, snuck up behind him, and I was wearing these exact combat boots. <laughs> these are steel-toed boots. These are steel-toed boots. Dan was in a squared-up stance, and I came behind him and swung my foot in a perfect 90 yard, lifted him lifted me off, off the, the ground. Dan, at this point, emits a noise I've never heard a man make and falls to the floor, and in that moment, the door opens... The yeah. players come out. Dan falls to the ground, clutching his. I'm bent over in half. Prizes, and is trying not to vomit. And the players start beating him. They just start smacking me like, like a silly hats only day. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there like, wow, I just was. But Dan got me back though. This is the Dan's vengeance story though, because there's a follow up to this. We're at Aresia two months later. And I'm pushing the button for the elevator. Now, if you've ever been at a nice hotel where they right. have the um, the caddies for, like, the luggage. Right. So it's like it's a dolly, but it has a thing that comes up over it. Sure. And I hear from behind me, and I hear someone, and I turn around. Dan leaps through the air, grabs the bar on the top of the caddy for the luggage, swings through with both feet, and basically drop kicks me in the gifts and prizes. And I, as I'm going down, roundhouse punch him in his gifts and prizes, sending him back through the trolley. There's an elderly couple couple watching this happen and I'm on the floor Dan's on the floor I go Dan I think we should stop this oh game and he goes yeah I'm done and we've never played that game since oh, yeah, that's yeah, great. Dan, yeah Dan won like 2 to 19 or something oh, no. I was, like, I'm not proud of it I love how he asks like you got any no shit there I was stories and we're like yeah we kicked each other in the balls like 20 times <laughs> like a bunch of times yeah. to be fair though has anyone ever told you that as a no shit there I was story no no yeah. and you'll never fair, hear it again alright my wife's ready to eat so okay. we need to wrap okay. this up okay thank you very much guys i've had a great thank time thank you so much man uh thank you for Thanks changing so much LARP for forever yeah. yes th- this is this is the singularity nothing will be the same this is the wall everything beyond it is after goat yes. thanks guys thanks Well, that's all of the time we have for Goat LARP. Yeah, I'm sorry the recordings weren't as good as I hoped they'd be, but I, I think that Ryan teased out the best possible. I think it's all right. Yeah. yeah. He's a good tease. All right, Carrie, you, mean, get, you get 10 experience tease. points. 
today for putting up with my teasing. Okay, that's right. And Jason, you get 20 experience points plus 10 more for travel to Connecticut. That's right. That's you one per state. I would like to point out, Ryan, thank you for making that joke. Oh no, is this an in-joke or something? Well, or no, it's, uh, the, the Connecticut is, uh, saying Connecticut like that is from uh, Holiday Inn. And it's like one of my favorite, it's my favorite, one of my favorite movies. Holiday Inn? The movie Holiday Inn. I don't think I've ever seen this. <gasps> What's it? What is it? We'll talk, I'll, I'll, I'll show okay, okay, okay. It's, it's an old black and white film, and it is where a bunch of the old holiday standards, uh, like White Christmas and stuff came from. Like, is it Ben Crosby? And yes. And and they meet these girls there, and there's a bunch of train you, riding. You just described mm. every Ben Yeah, that's also yeah, yeah, true. That's, no. All right, well... Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else that you go to look for your ear footage. And we're also on Twitter at Honor Roll Podcast. You can also get us at Facebook.com slash group slash Honor Roll Podcast. You can send us an email at hosts at Honor And of course, we are at honorrollpodcast.com if you just want to go look at our website. And you can become a patron at patreon.com slash honorroll podcast. And if somebody remembers where I got ear footage from, please tweet it to our account so I will be reminded. Because I heard it somewhere and I can't forget it and I don't remember where I heard it. (laughs) All right. So there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, join us next week when we convert this podcast into an actual play podcast in which we play Diplomacy Live nonstop. Yeah. For 172,000 hours. That's how you normally play Diplomacy. It is, except we're going to be podcasting the whole thing live. Whoa! Uh. Man, no bathroom breaks. Remember, until next time, Uh. uh, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon, Jason's the favorite, Carrie's the legend, and the only way to win a role-playing game is to have have fun. fun. Courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com.